Hello, everyone. This is Naziati Mohamed Yaakov, and we come again to another episode in the podcast Talk Architecture. And guess what? This is a special one. This is the first year anniversary of Talk Architecture. And of course, I would invite someone who is really special, someone whom I knew in architecture school. And you have heard before, Hudan Nejim Al-Asedi an advocate of a creative approach to education, an educator and creative entrepreneur. Yes, we had part one, and now this is part two. And as a recap, Huda talked about accessibility to knowledge, which can happen by creating a hands-on and practical rather than the normal approach to teaching or learning. And so with her experiences as a teacher in a school, for the, uh, which has underprivileged children in Miri Sarawa when she was doing the teaching for Malaysia Stin, and how as a teacher she had approached the creative approach to normal everyday subjects. And later when she came back to Peninsula Malaysia, um, continued with Aris Academy and she did several art workshops with collaboration and on her own. So again, I would like to um, uh, welcome Huda Nejim Al-Asedi. How are you, Nuhuda? How are you doing, Huda? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you so much. That was a, an awesome introduction and congratulations on the first year anniversary. Yeah, it has been one year, Huda. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I guess it's good to have like all these conversations recorded and, and new stories, new insights all the time. It's good that there are, other, there are people out there listening to the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how would today's conversation go like? Well, you know, when we were talking in part one, uh, there was certain things that could go, we, we could go deeper or there could be stories that, that could be told for this part two, um, which would give us more insight to this creative approach to education. So um, let us start with, with maybe um, me telling you a thing or two that I discovered when I was having this studio with the second year students. And they're really, really excited because we're doing empowerment for a facility and an education facility for homeless children in the role model of Buku Jalanan and Yayasan Chauke. And the students wow. are so excited and they, they went and, and visited Siti uh, Rahayu of Buku Jalanan, hearing them being interviewed. And um, as I understand it, um, uh, they, uh, Buku Jalanan also um, uh, uh, focus on the hands-on practical approach um, rather than uh, too much of the classroom or too much of reading and trying to get the children who are really stimulated outside of the school in Chowkit area to be stimulated inside the classroom. So maybe this, this aspect of stimulation, stimulating uh, children who are bored of a certain subject that, that you have, mm. you have encountered, uh, perhaps yeah. philosophy, you have a, approach that is similar that you'd like to talk about and maybe stories to tell 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I I, I know Siti Rohayu. I've met her before and I've, we've worked together on a project just this year um, about introducing those those kids in, at the centre to express themselves creativ- creativ- creatively using instant cameras. So these instant cameras are film photography. They're not digital camera where it's super disposable. You can just click and then you get a picture. Uh, but then these kids, I, I still remember today, we had an, an online class where the kids had the cameras with them at their own space. And uh, me and another three other facilitators, they we were telling them how to use it. And the questions that came up were like, nanti gambar ni boleh padam ke? Meaning like they were asking if, if these uh, cameras take photos, can they actually delete it or not? And <laughs> I thought it was very cute because their lives are already shaped because of the technology that they have today. And even though they are kids, the fact that they are introduced to something different, which is in a way older, but it's, it's different and that stimulates their curiosity. So some of these kids were just super excited over the fact that they cannot delete the pictures once it's taken. And, ah. and then they started to think about that means they have to continue um, like planning out their pictures. And then so you can already see there's so many skills within this one activity or exercise already. So yeah, I think hands-on approach is really great for, for kids who are easily bored, especially. So that's photography. Um, so what, what else do they share when, what, what's the outcome of this that you, you find very interesting? Um, they, 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 they pin up the, the, the photos or was the photos being, is that oh. be told? Yeah, so, so the process was to bring the children to uh, un- understand a new tool, which is the instant camera. And then they will have to uh, look at the pictures that they've taken. And then there's actually a session with a psychologist where they would select the photos that means a lot to them in a different, according to themes. Like some photos uh, would show perhaps joy and other photos would perhaps show um, a, a low feeling, like sadness. So then they, they talk about it. So what's interesting about this project, it's, it's not for a display. This project, first and foremost, is for their expression. And what is expressed, we know it is from the heart, it is honest from these children, because they, they are given the chance to, to speak. Like the pictures that they took, it's taken by them. And that is itself, uh, it's part of the process. Yeah, these kids are not, they, they don't go to school. So they, they don't have that, that uh, experience of like having to present in front of class. So we had to come up with an idea of like how to make it a safe space for them. How can they still engage with uh, the creative arts and get in tune with their own mental check-in? Because this uh, workshop was done post-pandemic. Yeah, where these kids are perhaps in in the red zone and they are seeing all kinds of uh, hardship every day. One of the kids mentioned that they used to work in the market, but they cannot go to the market. And that is the source of their... Um, how do you say their their anxiety every day? Like they wish they can go to the market to just do something rather than stay at home. <laughs> so I thought it's like it's a good space for them to express. And I I always feel happy to know that uh, using something in the creative arts allows this kind of important conversations to take place. So these kids are vulnerable, and yet um, their vulnerability became a strength in this kind of uh, activities. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm happy. 
a little bit of background is needed for our global audience. Uh, these kids mm. uh, are uh, homeless, street children, yep. stateless. stateless children, children yep. from the hardcore poor families, families that have uh, uh, problems of drug addiction, maybe uh, prostitution and stuff like that, right? This, this area is called Chowkit, right? Yes, uh, this area is called Chowkit. Where they but, we also... but they're not necessarily yeah. from Chowkit itself. They are from other parts of Malaysia, maybe. Ran other away. parts of the world as well. Uh, all the world, yep. yeah. The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And so they are the vulnerable uh, children. And what is was interesting was that they, they, they find the school a place for them to express themselves and they find certain parts of the Inchokit area, like the market to be in, uh, an interesting place to go to, is it? Is that what I see positives in, in this area where they gather? Yeah, because most of them have uh, jobs. They, they don't go to school, but they help their parents or they try to find uh, a livelihood to help their families. So kids are like as young as, I think that from that call that day, some of them were 15, 14, and they have jobs. So they are juggling this. Their job is part of their life. And, and I think it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, they have this uh, resilience to carry on with life. They do know that as a children, as a, as a kid from Chow Kid, it comes with uh, a lot of labels, a lot of maybe misunderstanding from the larger society. But these kids are very strong. They, they know that and therefore they choose not to not to play victim, but like, you know, they can be much better than that. So that's why they are at the center. The center provides them with uh, different alternative ways to to find a sense of belonging when, yeah, Malaysia is not their home, actually. Uh, they are not welcome at some points. They are not welcome in Malaysia, but they are definitely welcome in that center and in programs like this. That's so encouraging. And um, you mentioned about photography uh, and using the instant Polaroid. Is it Polaroid uh, or something like no, that? No, no. Film, instant yeah. film camera. So the where one that you, you take a picture print? and you crack, 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 crack. <laughs> where do they make the prints? Uh, we send it to the shop okay. and then we get it developed. Mm, and then we pass it back to the children. Okay, not Polaroid, but instant cameras. All right. Yeah, yeah. So this project, this project is sponsored. Yeah, the project is sponsored by Vans. So, so it is a creative project from the get go, and I think Vans has been sponsoring them for a few projects already. It's like a yearly thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they see creativity in it. Like these kids have something to say, and let's, let's get them to say it. How about uh, the idea of visual storytelling? Is that something that that is to you important? Um, I mean, like using photography is a way of visual storytelling as well as uh, doing some drawings or some um, crafts, I think. Um, yeah. And how is that important in education? Yeah. In education? Um, yeah. You have done before. Oh, I think very <laughs> of course like it is very important to me because uh it provides another another channel of communication like I, I i heard this before from a friend a colleague of mine they were saying that yes communication is key 
But there's something stronger than communication, something more important than communication. Do you want to give it a go? Do you know what it is? Uh, if it's not communication, it is. <laughs> okay, if it's not communication, it is actually connection. Connection. Yes, I think so relationship, relationship is right? to do with this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, relationship is part of it. Because yeah. not everything has to be expressed verbally. Yeah, and so sometimes just being in the space as our students, um, holding the space for their for their thoughts to just, you know, come out. It doesn't have to be verbal, so they can just be scribbling on a piece of paper, but we allow that to happen. That is more important than just verbalizing everything because um, sometimes when we have communication barrier, uh, words will not, will not, to really add on to the conversation, right? We need to have a conversation with pictures and images and colors and shapes. And I find this really um, amazing. Like even though in my time in Sarawak until today, as I'm doing like even online workshops, I do communicate visually and and uh, to put it into a story to tell uh, uh, kids like, you know, imagine you are, and then we insert, like imagine you are uh uh, an ice cream cone. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Imagine if you're an ice cream cone, you know, what flavor would you be, for example? The kids can already think about it. They think of the ice cream in their head and then and then they would express like, oh, I want to be a blah, 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 right? I, maybe I just want to be vanilla with a little bit of chocolate chip on it. You know, it's like that allows them to uh, bring out the creative side at the same time there's a rationale. It's like, then we ask them, why? Why is... Is it like a Sunday cup or a Sunday cone or a banana split? I'm pretty sure there's a reasoning for everything that the kids selected. So to me, visual storytelling is a medium. It's not really about um, telling my story visually. I can do that too. But as a teacher, I always try to uh, host the space for others to use what's the medium. What's the youngest so my story is just an example. What's the, the youngest young children that I taught? Yeah. Uh, I have... Uh, I I I still have online sessions with a seven-year-old. Yeah, that's like the one of my latest class. And sometimes, um, so this seven-year-old kid, he doesn't he doesn't like to talk much. Also, but because his camera is always on, I'm always thankful for that. He will show me, like you know, he's having. I say, like, I I just ask him, do you have your scissors? And he puts it up and he shows it to me, like it's here. He doesn't he doesn't have to say it's here, but because he brings it up to the camera. I see it. <laughs> and then I go like, okay, let's carry on. So so that's small things, you know? Like, yeah, we have to be ready. Uh, if if kids are not ready to to verbally express themselves, it's completely fine in my classes. Um, what was the project that you do with a seven-year-old kid that he show his scissors? Can you tell a bit about oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. origami and like cutting? like creating templates. Uh, there, was, there was a time, it's, it's just a session that we have weekly uh, because he loves to draw and he loves to make arts and crafts. But at home, uh, I think he has, he has elder siblings who are, who are busy. His parents are busy too. So they want him to have like his own space and an outlet for him to, to express himself and learn new things. So in our classes, we did so many things. We did sticker making to which we have to cut out the stickers. And then, uh, there was once I flipped it. I was like, why don't you teach me to do something? And then he taught me how to create like this origami uh, fortune teller. Do you know that game where 
we can ask people what color do you want then there's like numbers in it <laughs> really cute really cute but just just uh honoring that space for him i feel like that that's all that's all that the class is for at the end of the day the the artwork that we do is 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 just a way to communicate right to to learn more but it's it's a, it's a channel Yeah. Yes, yes. Um holding the space and putting you holding the space for their thoughts. Now, is that an essential yes. ingredient for teaching children in general or for children who are vulnerable or how why is that important? I I think it's not uh, bound by the age. I think everyone on this earth needs to be given a space. Um the space is either we can hold the space for for listening like i think i i'm planning to roll out programs with elderly as well so when we hold the space for elderly students i'm i'm pretty sure in terms of the verbal aspect um there is a lot more so in those kind of lessons we have to give them space to present their work or what they have created to share with the team but with children it's more about having clear instructions and then and then allowing them to like okay uh, what what the instruction was i would give them 2 minutes to just tell me back what do you understand from my instruction and if they get it then we immediately go into the creating the making and that's the messy part but the most fun part because you can if it's in a setting with more than one children everyone will be making together everyone's riding off each other's energy of like uh trying this out and trying that out and it's basically that it's holding the space for them to make for them to listen uh, for them to speak so i think as a teacher i look at my 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 classes or my lessons in these chunks you know so i need to i need to also be very clear that you know we're going to be sharing at the end of this class and there'll be a time for that so, so yeah I, i i really like holding the space i think we need that because or else um there will be a kid that probably feels like there's no space for for him or her in that session. Hey, holding the space for their thoughts. I do that with my students too. I give them 10 minutes and if they don't finish in 10 minutes, <laughs> now it is like uh, architecture uh, education course, you only have a few hours and if they can talk forever they will, but actually they they do keep in time, maybe a bit of half a half a minute. Or one minute yes i think i i suppose that i could tone it down and be less uh instructional and more of a feedback because this thing about feedback loop where you ask them again whether they understood the instruction uh you know this sense where they could be distracted so they you need to ask them again you 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 want them to know that you are listening and that what they have to say is important so that you could give the feedback but you're not going to say like how I'm saying it now you know like if i would tell my architecture students it's like that and then they were okay 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 but when you say it to to younger children it's a, a different way you have to be very yeah. patient and a certain language that 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 gives them comfort so you have 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 you, you do you have to be a motherly figure or do you have to be like sisterly or what is it that you, you know the tone of voice or are you conscious of that you know yeah yeah i i am conscious of that but i don't think i put a label to it it's, it's not a mother not a sister it's just neutral 
you, yeah. we've got to be neutral because, um, yeah, I think I'm very conscious of my facial expression. I mean, I've got some students saying that my face is so animated, like, like a cartoon. And then I feel like, oh, okay, then I have to like pull back a little bit because I cannot be like a cartoon unless I want to um, affect my students to be more animated as well. Then I will be animated. But if I want to hold the space for whatever that they want to say, whatever that may come out of their mouth or, or their hands will start scribbling, I need to be neutral. And I need to know that whatever you're about to say, uh, it, I'm not going to be judging you. I think it's more of that, especially when it is a one-to-one. Um, we can hold the space as a collective manner, but I think one-to-one is where it's, it's most powerful. Yeah, maybe there's a kid who doesn't want to do his work. Then I'll like, you know, call him aside and then we have this. Yeah. Yeah. Um... There's so many similarities about the, your, your teaching approach and my teaching approach. I actually told my student that um, uh, I'm, I cannot be judgmental to them, but I have to, because, but critique is an, a bread butter of architecture education and you get critiqued by others. You get, you know, it's, it's designing, right? Critique is not judging them, but it's the, pro- the process is important for them to develop something, isn't it? So yeah. I had yeah. to, tell, I had to give should them be constructive, space. right? Safe space is something I have to give them too, where, um, you know, I have to, to, to give the uh, ground rules that, you know, um, if I were to say, don't be lazy, it's just, uh, just joking at them to just push, you know, just, you know, I, I tell them outright that when I say that, it's not a personal thing, but it's not because... One thing is there is this 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 thing about teaching and learning. When you say something, um, it is a very personal thing. You would feel that this person care about you. You know, there's some sort of love there. You know, in terms of care um, from your teacher. You know, I, I, I you, you, we don't usually say these words, but uh, there must be some care. There must be an interest to the to the to the progress. It's not like now, what have you done? What have you shown me? What can you show me? What can you do for me? Come on, right? It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, what, uh, have you progressed? What, what do we think? You know, so you, the safe space. Yeah, yeah. we have to be very mindful yeah. on our work. Yeah. Any, any stories about that? Yeah, of, of course. There's, <laughs> I think there's a lot. I'm just like, in my head, it's like going, oh, wow. So many stories. I, I I don't know which one to choose, well, but maybe I can share. Memorable, you know, is there a memorable uh, occasion where a student um, uh, surprised you, uh, where you, you did not expect something? Um, you oh, know? Yeah, definitely. And you talk <laughs> yeah, about I think... sort of example, you know, recount yeah. the story or recount the, the, the occasion. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot, but I guess if I would go with um, a more a more later one, the latest one. Okay, so so these are these are elder kids. So last week, just last week, I was involved in a teacher training um, course, and basically, I am teaching uh, teachers, uh, counselors to be exact, school counselors on project management. So we were all divided into groups, and and this is completely online. Yeah, but. I'm also surprised at the fact that even if it's online, we can still create genuine relationships. And uh, basically, it was the last session. We were with them for two weeks. 
uh, two hours a day, you know. And and at, at that last session, they they told me how or what they have learned from me as their facilitator, and that surprised me because all I did was hold the space for adults. You know, uh, they are teachers; they're they're all older than me, but I told them that they've got good ideas. Let's just bring those ideas out, and um, you know, they will start writing in their their thoughts and ideas on a Google slide as it's broadcasted to the whole team. So then, I mean, I, I really felt like it was very mini- minimal, my role as a facilitator, as compared to when I teach children and it's really instructional, you know? But these elder students, these uh, teachers, they, they told me how uh, them being teachers themselves, they said it's, it's so good to be on the other side of the, the classroom. They said like when, when them as teachers becoming students back, they really look at everything. They said the way I speak, and and they said like, uh, they were like, "Huda, your your uh, bahasa." I was speaking in in Malay, so they said your bahasa bahasa Melayu is very very close to the heart, and that really took me took me by surprise because um. So a fun fact for everyone who's listening, like Malay is not my first language; it's my second language, and for native Malay speakers to say something like that really surprised me. And that means something must be right, right? Okay, so, <laughs> so now on, yeah. on, we speak in Malay. <laughs> we can, if you want, if you're up for it. No, I, I will be the one who's... You'll uh, <laughs> be better at it. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that, that was a testament, like, oh, I think I've, I've uh, reached a certain milestone with my language learning now. That's really nice. Um, teaching teachers who are older than you, but yeah, I, mm. I agree with the online teaching, a, su- a surprise that in a way that um, actually online teaching is effective. And I, I did a podcast on that. Um, ah. I found out that for online teaching, like if I spend three hours or four hours in the afternoon with seven students, they can tune on or off as they please. And they will intimately be hearing about their friends uh, because in a studio setting, it may not be yeah. noisy or they don't like to be in close proximity. They're actually in close proximity in online teaching. And exactly. That's, that's wow. Pure, pure learning, but they don't really review each other. But I expect them to start talking about each other's work. You know, that I, 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 mm-hmm. this is one of my challenges for to get them giving enough instruction, yet not intrusive, but mm-hmm. letting them able to critique because the ability to pinpoint which drawings uh, among the drawings that they show in the slides, it could be plan elevations, sections or, or perspectives or studies among those things, the other person should be able to tell the ones that is presenting, which is the good design or which is the good drawing or which the other person realized, oh, they didn't know that. They thought that they were doing you know that that is something that that uh, it's not from a lecturer who they expect we to go in like the expert of identifying what is good, what is bad, and then whatever you know. Let's mm. talk about the good and the bad. You know how it is with with, with learning, right? It's about yep, yep. learning from from what we did. That's what, and then moving forward and feedbacks and stuff like that. <laughs> yep, yep. Feedback loop. I like I like when you mention about the feedback loop. Yeah. It's uh I think it's a there's a model, a specific model called the listening cycle. And and this listening cycle has four stages. I think the first is like 
um, uh, oh, I can't remember right now. But basically, in between, like the first one, the instruction, and then the second one, um, it's about clarification before asking questions, and then only feedback, right? I, I think if I remember correctly. But the listening cycle is super important, and I think it's one of those skills we mentioned in the last uh, recording about 21st century learning skills. I think one of them, a very important one, is listening skill. Yeah. And I'm so glad we're talking about this now on an audio sphere on this podcast. Yeah, you think podcasts are a good the thing for learning as well? And, and I did share one or two of my podcasts on different occasions to my students. I thought I was like, I didn't really want to impose my podcast on them. But as long as I think that they could, it, it ex- expands. It, it's another mm-hmm. way of, of me expressing the subject or expands yeah. the, 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 the understanding, I suppose, of, the, of yeah. how to acquire the knowledge. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a new style uh, cliff notes, you know, you know, like those like revision notes. But this is like the new style on this audio sphere. Like I can be driving. When I drive, I listen to podcasts. When I'm like folding my clothes after laundry, after laundry day, I'm like, yeah, listening to podcasts. I think it's a good way to spend the time uh, with more meaning, you know? You're listening to something that you want to listen to and then you're getting more information out of it, yeah. Well, listeners out there, Huda and (laughs) I are trying to advocate the creative approach to education. And uh, many of the themes that we discuss here um, have been discussed in, in different different uh, topics, uh, you know, in architecture education. So really, when you talk about you t- going to uh, t- um, uh, teach uh, older persons, yeah, um, holding the space mm-hmm. for older persons, that was a bunch of teachers. Now you you might go and um, do so some for a session with someone who is closer to your parents' age. Do you think that there will be challenges? Yes. Do you think? What is the biggest Looking challenge? forward to that. When is that? Well, it's definitely, <laughs> it's not, it cannot be an online thing. La. I feel uh, uh, there is still a lot of fear uh, with the elderly and online spaces. So I, I probably find a, a venue or location that is safe enough to maybe house or host about five people or six people and, and me. And then we can, we can do things with our hands. Like even if it's just painting or or calligraphy, or um, anyaman. Anyaman is like weaving, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I think uh, for the elderly, it's important to to get hands moving as well. And then as as we do things, we our our trail of thoughts, you know, will continue. And and they can just have a space with their friends, their newfound friends uh, within the same age group. Yeah. I think it's like a the nurturing side, <laughs> the nurturing artist. I'm becoming one of those. <laughs> No, I, I'm. I, I feel very happy for you. Um, flourishing like this, and uh, older persons. Uh, being an older person myself, um, do you say they look forward to meet friends? Uh, meet up. Is it their yeah. own friends or new people? New people, oh. like like new people. Maybe maybe neighbors that you've never met. Maybe uh, because I think so. Uh, there are so that there are the common narrative of like. People who don't live in KL, right? Uh, so let's say they are in Kedah or they are in different states around Malaysia. But because their kids uh, are now working in KL in the, in the big city, 
they brought their parents over and and then they're staying in this suburban or even a very urban city i mean to them it's it's a big move but but because their children can support them so they are in this new city they're in this town so i think there are a lot of elderly like that and instead of them just being estranged by this new environment like come come out let's meet other people <laughs> you're doing community service there in a way you know is is yeah that... i guess that goes hand in hand yep yeah that's... we are building i see like building or creating communities uh, as a way if it's good for us if it's serving the community then then that's great i'm grateful for that Huda, we're coming to the end, sadly, you know, in uh, the end of the session. Uh, and, um, yes, yes. Can I, can I share one more thing? You got a few I minutes think, to give. Yeah, something to. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> there is this new project that I, I am going to embark into. It is about hosting a workshop uh, or an art exhibition an online in the online sphere. So it's going to be completely audio-scape. It's like, we're going to be connected on Discord and then we're going to run workshops on Discord so people will not see my face. Uh, everyone connected onto the server will not see each other's face. But we will be doing um, our own art in our own spaces. So that is something new because since we're talking about listening, I feel like that, that is something uh, interesting that's about to happen. And this is a new exhibition. It's called Constructing Worlds uh, that will launch on the 30th of, of April. So it's going to be after Raya, it's going to be um, in May, lah, the, the entire programming. But do check it out. It's on Instagram and it's also, um, this, there's a website does, for it. But on how Instagram? Does how does it work? You doing your thing yeah. and they're not seeing you. When do they see your work? Yes. So uh, we, we, we might be using different platforms online to connect. So as I'm drawing on the screen, uh, the, another person on the other side in a different place is also drawing on the same screen. So we won't see each other's faces, but we will see each other's works as they form on the screen. Wow, you guys are, my God, this is a cult or something. <laughs> it's an experiment. We also yeah, hope that yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens after it because instead of treating um, the online space as a way to recreate three dimensional spaces, why not we take the online space as a, as a new platform and try to do new things. Yeah. No, we, we kept on doing things as if it's a normal way and then yeah. replicate <laughs> it online. But why can't we see what online thing platform can do for us? Yeah, that's, that's a very good one. Congratulations that you're in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> presentational, uh, constructing the world program. Constructing worlds, yes. Constructing Maybe digital worlds. World. <laughs> wow, I feel jealous already. You're totally welcome to join us. <laughs> I, I want to invite you <laughs> as one of the participants. <laughs> well, if you need you any technical help, so we'll take that. <laughs> but I, I do, uh, yeah, I do, I do um, envy you with this, this, this experimentation because um, for some of us, some of us who are in the older person group. We, 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 we like to be like doing what the younger people are doing, you know, like Twitter, Instagram and whatever, <laughs> but, you know, but we're not born with this technology, you know, it's like, 
we're born, we're, we're manual driven, the way we think, you know, but, but we get excited. Some of us really get excited, you know, there's, there's just some of us, you know, who, who's like that, you know, my late father could have been like that. You know, I wonder if he was still alive, he would, he would be doing things like that. He'll be going online, he'll be having, having Facebook and whatever. But my mother totally, she doesn't like at all. You know, she's, she's mm. newspaper and, and telephone, no mobile phone. So we don't know. That's that's the generation before my generation. But my generation, we still struggle. I see see my friends. Uh, well, they 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 are becoming grandmothers and stuff like that. It's normal. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else uh, before we leave? Would you like to tell the listeners, the audience, anything else? Um, before? Yeah, I think I want to leave uh, this space, this uh, online audience with telling the audience to to challenge their listening skills. I think we may not know what we don't know unless we try it. So part of creative uh, arts and creative education is just giving things a go. So if, if they, if this is a challenge, like if the listeners would speak, say something, you know, record yourself and then let's see if you learn anything from, from yourself, right? And try doing it with a friend as well. Basically, like our podcast this year, I know this is recorded now. Tomorrow, we'll be listening to it. And tomorrow, um, there will be new learnings even for us, right? <laughs> like the ones who are speaking now, we will also learn from this. So I think that's great. Like listening is a uh, almost like a renewable uh, learning cycle. <laughs> so you. yes, that's all from me. Thank you. Thank you, Huda. In fact, that's a reminder for me because I have to start listening to all my podcasts and write the other book. <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming in uh, and, and giving us your views and, and opinions and stories and insights to your world. And and I I, I, I wish you the best and uh, good luck and all that. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Raya, eat Mubarak and stuff like that. <laughs> eat Mubarak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. In another audioscape, we'll meet again. <laughs> uh, another audioscape, we will meet again. Thanks, yep. Okay, thank you too. See ya.